0: From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Budget Tracker Extra podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress spends your money. I'm David Lerman, editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter, and with me today is Peter Cohn, the Budget and Appropriations Team editor at CQ. Thanks for being here again, Pete.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So it's now just a week before Christmas, and the government still doesn't have funding for the fiscal year that began last October. A temporary stopgap funding measure that avoids a government shutdown is set to expire this Friday, the 22nd. Another stopgap is in the works, but it seems designed to trigger a clash between the House and Senate. So, Pete, what's going on, and could we be
1: headed for a shutdown? Well... To get to the end of the story, I think it's very unlikely we do see a shutdown. I think they'll probably work this out and get out of town Thursday night even. That's a bit of a leap of faith to say that. But I think having watched this movie so many times before, it seems very unlikely we're going to head for a shutdown. The one-party rule of Washington has really never resulted in in a in a true partial shutdown of government operations. It seems very strange for that to happen this time around. That being said, there's there's some typical brinksmanship that's happening right now particularly driven by the hard right members of the House, a Republican conference, who are pushing for to, to confront the Senate and say, you know, re- to really put the members of the Senate, particularly the Democrats, on the spot for opposing things like a big increase in military funding, uh, increase in, in spending for uh, what's known as the Veterans Choice Program, which provides private care uh, options for veterans who can't uh, get to a VA facility. Children's Health Insurance Program reauthorization. So they're trying to, to really put the, the Senate and the Democrats in particular on the spot. Uh, of course, it's been telegraphed well in advance that this bill that was introduced on uh, Wednesday night in the House has no ch- virtually no chance of, of moving. So it's all messaging at this point. Yeah, so, and we should
0: explain. The prime source of this conflict, it seems to me, is the House has come up with a measure that just extends current funding to January 19. But attached to that is a full year's worth of funding for the military, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, the, the you know typically the members of the Armed Services Committee and the and members of the Republican Party who uh, advocate on behalf of the uh, of the Pentagon as well as the, the Pentagon itself, top brass, Secretary Mattis and others have said we just we can't continue to limp along on these CRs. It's just not not good for readiness. Continuing, continuing resolution. Continuing resolution. That's stop correct. Stop gaps. Yeah. So. What Paul Ryan and the House leadership has put together is a, a, you know, a way to sort of make all the wings of the Republican conference in the House happy, and do it in a way that potentially could could pass this bill with Republican only votes. So you have a full year defense defense appropriations bill for the full fiscal year. It matches the uh, the legislation that was previously passed in the House twice, and it includes some extra money that the president requested recently for missile defense. And it's a huge increase above what, what's known as the Budget Control Act spending caps for, for defense. It's about $70 billion above those caps, which ordinarily would trigger what's known as sequestration. They've included a waiver of that sequestration as part of this legislation.
0: Those are the across-the-board cuts that happen if you, if you bust the spending cap.
1: Correct. Um, but for all the other agencies and the eleven other spending bills, they have chug along on, on a, a stopgap, which just extends current year funding for uh, another few weeks through January nineteenth, and some of these other add-ons that, that have gone on uh, been attached as well, vet for veterans and and, uh, and CHIP the children's health children's health insurance program. This is legislation that has support from enough Republicans to pass the House, but they know it'll never be taken up in the Senate. It will not see the light of day. We have numerous members of both the House and the Senate uh, Republican Party who have gone on record saying there is no chance this bill is going to pass. So we're left in another one of these situations. And why?
0: What's the tension there?
1: Well, the tension there is you have uh, 52 Republican senators, and that's not enough to pass uh, a bill like this in the Senate. You have to have 60. You've got to be able to break the filibuster. So you have 44 Senate Democrats who have already said they refuse to vote for this piece of legislation. Um, and so, you know, there are four Democrats who did not sign that letter. So even presuming that those four Democrats join with the 52 Republicans, you're only then at 56. Where do those other four votes come from? They're just they, they don't exist. And so the Republicans or those who, are, who don't really care about the optics have said, you know, we know this bill is not going to pass.
0: But Democrats and, uh, say
1: they're for a strong defense, too. So what's the what's the source of their of their opposition? It's playing favorites because you get you get this bill that dramatically increases defense spending. It's for the full fiscal year. So there's certainty the The troops are, you know, the, the military brass are able to plan. Uh, and the, the, of course, the defense contractors get, you know, make sure that all of their their programs continue unabated, uh, where the rest of the federal agencies, they have to limp along at flat funding from this year so there's no increase for these agents for any of the other agencies uh, and and there, there's un, tremendous uncertainty associated with the fact that the funding will expire again on January 19th
0: so it so, sounds like the bottom line is democrats feel the rest of government's going to be shortchanged if they just do defense
1: yeah shortchanged in terms of, of the the rate of spending uh, how much funding is actually flowing to these other programs and then the uncertainty where it just cuts off on January 19th right around the time every there you know you're in an election year Without the defense bill sort of driving the train, you've got even less incentive for most of, of the Republican uh, conservatives in the House to get on board with, um, you know, to make a deal on spending, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get a deal that takes care of both defense and non-defense at the same time. at the same time. So if you pass this bill that just provides this huge increase for the military and nothing for the other agencies, all your leverage is gone. If you're the Senate Democratic leadership, you have absolutely no reason to think you're going to get that money, uh, for non-defense programs. If you've already, if the bill is already gone, they've passed defense and all you're left with is the non-defense agencies. There's just no way you have any leverage anymore.
0: Which suits house conservatives just fine because they're trying to limit non-defense spending.
1: Exactly. They've but gone.
0: Democrats are just going to oppose this, uh, to the nail, to the, to the wall.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, it's another one of these circumstances where, because we're still a week away from the deadline, there's, there's time to play games here. This is a political messaging battle right now. Republicans think they're on solid footing because they can paint the Democrats as anti-military if they oppose this bill. Anti-children, um, anti-poor children without health insurance, anti-veterans and so forth. So, you know, but they know this is not the end of the story. They know the Senate is going is to send back a, uh, a, a CR that probably goes into January as well, but it contains all, all of the uh, spending bills, including defense. To be able to to reset those negotiations early next year, there's still a you know I, I suppose an iota of a chance that they could come up with a spending cap deal over the next week and possibly attach that to the CR. It it seems unlikely. Well, you this are point. an optimist of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guess. It, it seems pretty unlikely mm. that's going to come together, given they've got to deal with yeah. the tax legislation and everybody just frankly wants to get out of town. They're smelling their Christmas. Uh, dinner tables already and uh, and, and they want to be done with all this and just come back in January with, when people are a little uh, refreshed.
0: It's a very chaotic week now because the House has to pass this this continuing resolution with the full year defense that they want to see. There has to be time for the House to pass that, send it to the Senate. The Senate then needs time to reject that, to strip off defense, to come up with their own continuing resolution, to get that passed to send it back to the House, the House has to then stay in town long enough to take that bill back up and have the Republican conference be willing to support that measure, which they don't really like.
1: Yeah, I think the calculus right now is we're going to have this very uh, court sort of morale-boosting tax overhaul legislation. And all this has to happen passed.
0: after all this big tax bill gets passed.
1: Right. So I I think there's a sense that, look, we've just got to pass the tax bill. This is what we've been promising all year. This is what we campaigned on. Let's get that out of the way. You're going to create this kind of era of good feelings for the remainder of next week. Everyone's going to want to just leave town. There's not going to be really an appetite to fight it out over spending levels that could actually shut the government down just in time for Christmas Eve. Um, So, yes, procedurally, logistically, it seems very difficult. But let's not forget, the House leadership hasn't even promised to put this defense CR hybrid on the floor yet. They haven't even officially scheduled it for the floor. But so that's what
0: they've introduced.
1: They've introduced it, correct, yeah. but that doesn't even necessarily mean they have to take it up. The Senate certainly doesn't have to take it up. Even if the House passes it, say, on Tuesday and sends it to the Senate, the Senate can simply ignore it. The Senate can... can. Pull up, Call up another piece of legislation. Well, they could put their own bill,
0: but the same the same effect. They Correct. still have to then send it back yeah. to the House. And get there are it. already
1: several vehicles that have passed the House yeah. appropriations bills. The Senate could call one of those up, strip out the language, and put in a clean CR with the, children, with the chip uh, reauthorization on it. Disaster aid funding. Let's not forget disaster aid. That's a big deal for senators like John Cornyn, number two Senate Republican. He's not going to want to adjourn the Senate for the year without providing some help to tex- uh, Texas— um, uh, you know, restoration after Over Hurricane Harvey. Right. So, and you've got a group of of Texas and and uh, Floridian uh, members of the House also on the Republican side who are saying we're not going to vote for a CR if we don't deal with this supplemental di- disaster aid situation. So that's going to probably ride along with the CR. And uh, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to short circuit all this procedural jujitsu and get out of town Thursday night.
0: So, we're bracing for an action-packed, kind of unpredictable final week as Congress tries to wrap its business before the Christmas break and avoid a shutdown, but let's hope, as Peter says, we're heading for an era of good feelings, if he's right, and CQ will be covering it all for you. Uh, My thanks to Peter, our budget team leader, for joining me again. Thanks for inviting me. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ Budget Tracker editor. We'll be taking a brief break for the Christmas holiday, but you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and NPR One. And for more on this subject and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall.